Hi, I'm Jason Kosick, President, CEO, and Director of Integra Resources. Integra Resources is a precious metals exploration and development company focused on unlocking near-surface heap leachable ounces within the Great Basin. Currently, uh, Integra has about 6.2 million ounces of global resource endowment, uh, a preliminary feasibility study on the Delamar asset, and an upcoming uh, made in PEA on our Nevada assets. Jason, thank you very much for the introduction. Nice to meet you. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, Integra is a recent, um, is the recent coming together of two companies, um, Millennium Precious Metals and Integra Resources. And you were the CEO of um, Millennial Precious Metals. And you did do an interview with Crux a while back. But I think since you're new to Integra Resources, it would be helpful if you gave a bit of your background and just kind of talk about how, you know, uh, what, what, what you're all about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm a, a structural uh, geologist by trade. Um, I started my career uh, in Northern Ontario at the Cote Gold project. Uh, we put the first holes into that project in 2009, uh, subsequently sold it to IM Gold for about $680 million at the peak of the market in 2012. Uh, it is currently the third largest um, gold project in Canada. Uh, after that, I was with IM Gold for a number of years, traveling around through all their uh, exploration and development projects. I uh, then got a call from Eric Sprott and Sean Rusin to join the Barkerville team. Um, a partner, my Terry, Terry Harbour, one of our partners, uh, you know, we spent 12 months underground ripping that project apart and putting together the kinematic model that unlocked over seven and a half million ounces there. Um, also did a lot of work for the Osisco group of companies, uh, worked on Windfall with Ruben Padilla, putting that model together as well. Um, worked it with Mineral Alamos. So a uh, technical guy by background that kind of uh, changed my field boots for, for shiny dress shoes, I guess you could say, is, is, is my career so far. Um, when you were with um, Millennial, um, you know, when did you join the board there? When did you become a director and what stayed through that process? Yeah, so, so during, uh, after we sold Barkerville to Cisco Gold Royalties, uh, Ruben and myself kind of wanted to get a toehold within the United States. Um, and we saw there was, you know, a lot of projects that, uh, you know, have been overlooked, fr frankly. Um, so we did over 337 desktop reviews, 72 site visits, and brought Millennial Public in 2021. Okay, so uh, we, Ruben and I and, and Terry started it from scratch, you know, built the team, um, we had a historical resource that we vetted, made it 43101 compliant. It sits at about 1.2 million ounces of open pit oxide. Uh, it should be noted that those projects are the highest strip adjusted grade projects within the basin. Okay. So I think it's important. So th this is this is Wildcat and Mountain View. Correct. Correct. Okay. Good. Um, and then the other other projects are, are phase one target generation kind of uh, projects. Uh, they get about, in the pro forma company, about 10% of our exploration expenditures are allocated to them. But, you know, there's things in the portfolio that are frankly don't get any value. We don't get any value for them right now. You know, prime example is is Red Canyon, which sets 35 kilometers south of the Cortez complex. It sits in the same rocks as Cortez, sits on the same fault, same age of the intrusive rocks, 
And in 2021, we put uh, one of the best holes drilled globally um, uh, out there, which was about 54 meters of four and a half gram oxide right from surface. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of exploration uh, projects in the millennial portfolio, but on a combined basis, we have a really robust and very diversified portfolio of assets. Uh, you used the, the word um, pro forma company. How is that process of integration? You know, um, how how integrated are you now? Are you talking about a kind of a, um, a real budget that's kind of approved by directors or is it still operating on a pro forma basis? So we had our board meeting uh, last week. So we're fully integrated now. Uh, budgets, budgets have been approved uh, for the, the, the combined entity. Uh, you know, we're really lucky that uh, the Integra team and the Millennial team really uh, had the same core values uh, and really saw the world through the, through the same lens. So from, an, from a people's perspective, integrating the two teams were, were very seamless because George and his team have done an amazing job uh, de-risking and, and building that team out, frankly, which is very difficult in this space, uh, as, as did we. And like I said, really share the same strategy and, and, and core values. Um, so it was, it was quite, quite, quite pleasant to do. Okay. And, um, just, just kind of sticking at the kind of a global level, what's the, what's the cash position of the company? Um, cause I know that you've got a, a $20 million convertible out there with BD capital. You've drawn down 10 million, you know, what, 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 what's the pro forma? Well, what's the, what's the cash position of the new company? We're sitting at about 34 million right now. Okay. And your budget for the, um, um, I, in your presentation, I see that nice, um, the, the classic, I, I like to think it was kind of, um, the Rand gold pyramid i think they were the first people who kind of produced that resources calendar with lots of exploration targets and then a few coming through to the resource um definition stage you, you work up and you get fewer and fewer to your most advanced projects which are going into production so you've got de la mar which is your most advanced project and then sitting just beneath that you've got wildcat and um uh mountain view what's the kind of the the, the allocation of the budget and how much gets spent this year? Yeah, so the the, the budget right right now we're sitting on about twenty four million. Um, about eighty percent of that is 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 at Delamar. Um, the main objective this year for Delamar is getting the mine plan of operations submitted. Okay, uh, which is a it's basically a feasibility level document that you submit to the to the government, and that's really the the, the major catalyst to kick off kick off the the, the NEPA process. Okay, so. Most of the budget right there this year is is allocated to to Delamar. A uh, smaller portion. Sorry, so just on that, I mean that's that's quite a chunk of money going to that. Does that mean there's lots of infill drilling, geotechnical, um, you know, kind of capital intensive stuff rather than desktop study stuff? Yeah. So you know, people forget. Okay, uh, they don't realize how much work goes into preparing these documents. Okay. Um, you know, from the baseline studies, all the cultural, flora, fauna, um, agricultural studies that need to be collected, all the humidity cell testing, the geotech, the MET. Um, we drilled, you know, we had a pretty extensive 12,000 meter program drilling all the stockpiles. There's a lot of money that, that goes into these things um, to significantly de-risk them and, and get to a permitting stage. And you know, I should touch on that's one of the reasons why you know after looking at it, a, a lot of projects uh, in the basin, you know the the Delaware team has done a fantastic job um, getting it to where it is to to submitting that mine plan. And frankly, you know I, I've looked at a lot of things. We've looked at a lot of things. 
Um, and not a lot of companies are going out there doing it, um, frankly, because they don't have the financial capacity or the, the technical capacity um, to, to do that. Um, so that's why a lot of money is going there to, to enhance all the engineering, all the baseline studies, uh, and the budget for Wildcat really is is um, all the exploration step-up drilling that we'll be doing with some met, some geotech, uh, but we'll be primarily focused on on growing the existing resource base uh, as, as we see. Correct at Wildcat uh, Mountain View. Just just sticking with Delamar. Sorry, sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Delamar. Um, presumably, the, the if you're if you're um, submitting a mine plan of operations on an advanced resource, Delamar, you've got 200 million tons. I mean, this is a big. It it it, it it's a big operation. Presumably. You've, you've got to kind of do a data cutoff on your baseline studies on your flora and fauna. And so you perhaps, I mean, I looked at some of the data in the in the presentation. It, to me, it looked as if the exploration upside was relatively limited. And then there's part of me thinking, well, you probably don't want to change the overall resource that much because if you've got a um, mine plan of operations, you don't want to have to resubmit that for any changes. I mean, could you perhaps talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So as soon as that mine plan is submitted, you really can, you, that's that's what's going in there. And as soon as you start drilling the exploration stuff, it's through connective action. It can have implications on what you've submitted. Okay. So you know, when I'm talking about 24, I'm talking about from January till December. Okay. Uh, that right. So a lot of that has been spent. Uh, there's still there is there's still some baseline work that needs to be completed, and obviously, uh, the the updated resource and also the final kind of putting together the documents still need to be done. But there's there's still a little bit of work to be done at Dalmar, including some uh, some geotech, um, some condemnation for for the con- condemnation holes, and some some more med drilling. But but essentially, the kind of the the the, the growth phase is you're not trying to expand the envelope now you're trying to de-risk and grow the value of each ton that you've got exactly and and that's why these companies fit so well together okay is that delamar is going you know we all know the famous uh the famous lasan curve right so delamar is going into that boring stage through permitting that takes two to three years uh but what makes it what really complements these two these these two companies is that Wildcat and Mountain View have only been drilled on a five acre permit. So, you know, combined they're about twenty four thousand acres um and they've only been drilled on ten. So August, September, we're gonna kick off that exploration plant program at Wildcat then move to Mountain View to give you that really uh, exciting exploration sizzle that is commonly plagued with single asset companies, right? So you get a lot of growth through the resource sector while Delamar is in the permitting stage. And as those projects roll over, Delamar goes into the construction. So you, there's a lot of great synergies, and not only from a news flow perspective, but from a people perspective and a cash flow perspective. So once the mine plan is done and submitted at, at Delamar, that team then switches over to Wildcat. That team switches over to Mountain View. Uh, and we we keep that cohesive unit together that has the experience and has the track record because one of the things that plagues this industry, uh, you know, I was just on the phone with Tony Wakuj, uh, is people. Yeah, uh, finding people to do the right work, quality work, 
uh, is 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 really something that we see in this sector that that's going to be a problem down the road. So, you know, I also like like I said at the beginning is is this transaction was about securing the most quality assets that are complementary of each other, but also securing the top talent uh, in the space moving forward. The work that's done in the feasibility study is is grueling. It's it's. I mean, I'm not to say that the work in the exploration phase isn't grueling either. You know, you, you, you've got to be meticulous in your exploration phase. And that's no doubt about that. You've got to have good systems. You've got to have good science. Um, but it, it can sometimes feel in the feasibility stage that it kind of, it, you use the word sizzle. You know, it can feel, and, and you talked about the boring phase of the of the Lassonde curve, but it's so crucial to get that to get that team motivated through that program. And um, I, quite, a, quite often friends of mine, um, they think about leaving a company when they get to the feasibility stage. And for me, I think, well, hang on, you know, how often is it that you're on a really good project? And it, that's actually when you see all your work coming to fruition, if you can get it to the construction decision, that's that's the rewarding point. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I like to say, you know, we're, we're the, as much as we're in the business of, um, discovering ounces in a systematic and scientific manner. One of the biggest things that people forget is as a management team, we're also in the business of risk mitigation. Okay. Yeah. And there's a lot of value that is unlocked uh, during that stage. You know, for example, you know, permitted ounces in the Great Basin on, on a PNAF consensus basis go for 0.9. Okay. We're trading right now at 0.15. So there's a lot of value to be unlocked during that stage if you can do it in a timely and cost-effective manner. And you know, and, and frankly, it's you know, people don't like doing it because yes, it's, it's boring, but it's it's fundamental to our business and to our sector. Um, and uh, I you know, I think that's you know where a lot of there's a a real niche in in the space is 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 doing that those those hard work. And right, frankly, it's, it's boring because the market doesn't give you any credibility for it, right? Well, let's 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 talk about that because the market is tough. I mean, just look at your share price. You know, it's come down a lot. Well, okay, it's it's, it's your share price now. Um, um, you know, the in, the Integra share price has uh, was at five dollars fifty or five dollars um, five dollars forty a couple of years ago. It's actually it's it was in the middle of July, end of July, twenty twenty. So coming up for three years ago, and for the last year, if you've been kind of sixty to seventy cents, um, it's it's been pretty brutal, and the market is still brutal. Um, how do you how do you reconcile that mentally when you what, what, and you you said that you're trading at point one five of of NAV and the peer is point nine. How are you going to close the, the that um? discounts to your peers yeah you know it, the whole sector has been tough all right and you know you have to remember that uh integra put their pfs out um for the oxide in and the sulfide component right uh, at the peak of inflation and and they got hurt for that um we we got hurt for that i guess you could say um but the focus now is you know we'll take that on the chin and the focus now is just focusing on the oxide component and then attacking on the stockpile component. So in the oxide component of, of, of that PFS, there's about 81 million tons, okay? And you got about, at $1,700 gold, you about 315 and change of, of, of NPV at 5%, at 33% IR. That's taking in 80 million tons, okay? 
those stockpiles that we've been drilling, you know, that's like an in situ deposit. You know, there's 76 meters of 0.7 and 111 meters of 0.6. There's a lot of value that is not baked into in into the, 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 in the into the company's nav. So showing that updated resource um, for those stockpiles, showing the grade, uh, and then redo doing another either we're going to be transparent here is either we're going to do a feasibility a pre-feasibility updated on the oxides only or go straight to a fees we're working on that internally right now okay um just just on that on those stockpiles yeah I, 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 is the plan still to have that resource out by the middle of the year by um in q2 yeah yeah we'll have it out by the end of june yeah and on the back of that um you can either update the um the PEA. The PFS. Sorry, the PFS. You can update the PFS. Or we'll go... Or, yeah. Or go straight to a feasibility. So most likely goes straight to a feasibility. Yeah. Um, because you will have got, you've got the extra data now of having done the work for the mine, um, mine plan for operations, mine plan of operations. So you've got that extra data. So you, you may well be able to do that. And it's you'll probably only have to do a little bit of optimization and scheduling kind of... Um, toggling for kind of right sizing it yeah exactly and how you work those stockpiles in do you put it on the front of the production profile do you put it on the end do you blend it in the middle all that optimization work once we get the updated resource and have have that those solid numbers is what the team is going to be going through we have rough ideas internally um but that that work needs to be done and then there's a lot of value you'll see that'll be unlocked in the updated resource and the pea on the nevada assets so on a combined basis, you could see something that's going to push over 200, close to 250,000 ounces per annum once everything is up and running uh, in a resource endowment of over 7 million ounces. And I think to answer your question, how do we get that, 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 that close that gap? I think once you put all the data out there and allow the market to see what, the tr- what, you know, what we're really looking at and the true size potential of this, um, I, I think that's when we're going to really catch up to our peer group. Just, I, I will want to come on to Wildcat and Mountain View, but I just kind of keep getting um, questions popping into my head um, about the oxide profile and the metallogenic mapping and the mineralogical understanding of the transition between oxides and sulfides and structure and um, and also how the, the density of your uh, drill spacing in your stockpiles. I mean, will you be able to do go straight into uh, mine scheduling on the drill information, the resource information you've got within oxides. Yeah, so we've done over 64 bottle rolls and about 400 and, sorry, 64 columns, 456 bottle rolls, okay? So there's a lot of met data done on this, okay? Uh, the drill, the average drill spacing in the stockpiles is 60 meters, and then we did some short-range variability at 30 to see kind of what the conversion would be. But that that the, those stockpiles, we should have most of them into indicated. Okay. Right. Onwards. Um, hopping over the, 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 the state boundary and going south from Idaho to Nevada, um, the, the silver content uh, seems to fall away um, and you're into a kind of a gold zone. And you've, you've got some very... I, I see that at Wildcat, the, the grade is um, 0.4 grams per tonne gold, but your strip ratio is... 0.16. I mean, it's it's phenomenally low. Yeah, and, and I think that's what people. I always like to 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 tell people. You know, great is great. It gives you it gives you some wiggle room. But at the end of the day, it, it's mining is like any other business in the world. It just comes down to margin. 
So we like to look at things on a strip adjusted grade basis. And then you can obviously times it by your, your, your recovery if you want to, to see how it stacks in line with our peer group. And, and like I said, on a strip adjusted grade basis, those, those assets in, in Nevada are, you know, the highest strip adjusted grade in, in, in the basin and, you know, have recoveries in line with everything else that we see out there as well. Do you just simply just take the grade and then divide it by the strip ratio? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. So, be, yeah, exactly. So it's important because it's how much waste you have to to move to get to your ore, as, as you know. Um, the other thing that's really important too is from a permitting perspective. You know, Wildcat, um, because there's no, there will be no waste rock facilities all in pit dumping and there will be no pit lake, um, we believe we can get it, we can permit it under an EA. So you shave off about a year and a half, two years on a permitting from a permitting perspective. Sorry, what's an EA? Uh, an environmental assessment. And is that because that's a, um, a, f- a state level, not rather than federal? Correct. State. Yes, exactly. Okay, good. Correct. Um, and um, surely there's, um, I mean, I'm a bit of a kind of a joke question, but there's, surely there's no structural geology in an open pit oxide gold deposit. You know what? On, so at the top of the system, no, yeah. right? Because uh, as, as the fluids migrate up up the fractures, uh, they hit a more permeable horizon. Um, and when you take off uh, confining and lithostatic pressure, it causes this flash boiling. So you in the rhyolites, you have good porosity and permeability, uh, exactly like Delamar. But the fractures that are controlling the mineralization, the bonanza zone uh, that sit below that is is where the, where you get into the structural controls. You know, Wildcat and Mountain View and, and well, Wildcat and Delamar for sure, you know, those veins were mined in the turn of the century, you know, ounce plus material, but down in the valley. Uh, so we're just looking at the top, taking the top off. But the main feeders of them have the structural control, and that's where you can get your ounce plus material. Um, a lot like Florida Mountain at the, at the Del Mar Bridge. When you were building the portfolio, did you do a kind of a prospectivity map of the whole area? Did you do a kind of a structural analysis? Or did you uh, not need to do that because there was old-timer information and enough data points for you to just say, well, these are the hotspots? Yeah, no. So we did a we did a basically a whole generative work of basically the southwest U.S. Obviously, we wanted to, to avoid California, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, basically just stick to Idaho, Utah, in, in in Nevada, and just looking at the uh, at really the the state level geology maps and looking for prospective ground, looking at companies that had prospective ground, doing a quick desktop review, um, and then of those we filter them on on, on obviously geology alteration, any geophysics we can get any historical drill drill holes that we could we could find and then go basically down to to a site level and start doing a lot of site t- site tours and then then it comes down to access and availability and entry costs and yeah it, it it's like who you can do a deal with and, and we were lucky you know we got the 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 ounces out of waterton for ten dollars an ounce okay which is which is you know really good right you your your drilling cost is about ten dollars to drill off and just looking at 20 percent of 24 million you're it's kind of getting close to five million dollars of exploration budget that you've got for the for the year let's call it four million dollars for the rest of the year because you haven't done a lot of exploration drilling so far is, is that a kind of a fair um kind of guesstimate yeah we got about um 
2,500 meters planned for, for wildcat. Um, you know, and those will be b bigger, bigger step out holes for sure. Um, and there's also a little bit of, uh, some gaps in, 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 in the met data that we want to fill in too within the pit at wildcat. So that's pretty much our, 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 our budget for that. We are doing some regional mapping at Sierra Colorado, which is a, a, a copper porphyry project in Arizona, but very small budget for that. And have you got a drill budget for Mountain View? Not, not this year. No. Uh, Mountain View is really, really, really tricky to drill because it's covered by about 100, 150 meters of, of alluviums. So it's really tricky to, to, to drill through it. Um, and it just, it just costs more. And from a, on, on a, when you do your, when we're looking at your production profile, Mountain View comes off last. So we want to get Delamar and Wildcat get them into the pipeline and then we can then move on to to mountain view and uh you mentioned a whole bunch of other prospects including red canyon um with that lovely drill hole um will you be sending crews out to be doing um trenching rock chip sampling mapping kind of regional work no so a lot of that regional work was done last year uh we're just doing the sierra colorado stuff right right now we did a lot in the winter time because it's it's just south of tucson so it's quite quite hot there in the summertime so then for in that, those early stage exploration projects, um, you know, it was pretty much focused on Sierra Colorado this year. Okay. And, and that's, a, um, sorry, you said it was a porphyry, porphyry potential. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a copper porphyry. It sits right in the Laramide porphyry belt, uh, just south of the mission mine, you know, clawed around us is, is, is BHP. Uh, it was originally, um, a historical silver, uh, district, uh, pre-World War One, and then in between World War One and Two, And what we see is there are these uh, deep-seated epithermal veins that uh, form this conical shape around this porphyry stock. So very similar to stuff that you see down in the uh, Miocene belt in, in Argentina. Good. Well, um, uh, good luck with, with, with all of that. In terms of the news flow, what can, um, what should viewers be looking out for? I mean, we've obviously spoken about the the resource update, uh, that's kind of a key one. That, and that's coming in the next, where are we now, middle of May, um, six weeks. So from a, from a news flow perspective, we got 9,000 meters, uh, about 247 holes from the stockpiles that we'll be releasing. Uh, we'll release the, the final MET report from Wildcat and Mountain View. Uh, we will have the updated resource at Delamar. We'll have the updated resource in PEA at Wildcat Mountain View. That's a joint PEA because they share the ADR plant. Uh, then we'll kick off the exploration program at Wildcat. Then we will submit the mine plan of operations uh, at, the, at the end of the year. So a very catalyst-rich story. Um, and, a, you know, there's only about 30% float on this, on, this, on, on this stock. And, you know, it's in the hands of some of the biggest institutions globally, um, and we're luck, really lucky to have Silver Wheaton in there for, for 9.9 and BD Capital for about five. So there's significant project validation uh, with, with those two groups. Did you go around and meet all of the instos before you did the, before the merger? Oh, yes. George and I were, uh, were on the road for about three weeks, uh, pretty much did a lap around the world. Uh, and then went straight into BMO and launched it at, at, at BMO. So we, we were very lucky that you know, our shareholders were very, very supportive. And frankly, you know, the reality is, is that there's too many bloody junior companies out there, right? You know, this merger saved us two and a half million US in, 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 in G&A alone, okay? 
Um, and there's not enough people to, to, to do these. Um, so all of our shareholders were very supportive. You know, you had Joe Foster at Van Eck coming out publicly and endorsing us and saying, this is frankly what needs to happen in, in, in the space to, to make us relevant. And, and by doing this, we created the go-to vehicle that has the size and the scarcity factor um, that separates us from, from our peer group. I just got to persuade some of those um, um, institutions to buy on the open market, uh, not wait for the next placing. And that, that'll, that'll move the share price when you get, when you get one of them buying um, or building their position in the open market. That would make a difference. Yeah, no, it, it, it certainly does. Um, but one of the things we're focusing on really this year is a lot of the U.S. retail uh, and, and the U.S. retail brokers, because we have our NYSE listing, uh, we're full blue, we're fully blue sky compliant. So retail, U.S. retail brokers can recommend this to to uh, to their clients. And if you go look at how many US, uh, developers and, and and explorers have a full NYSE listing, it's very few. So when you go out marketing, you, you know you want exposure to growth. In gold and silver, in the best mining jurisdiction in the world that has an IZ listing, there's probably, you know, you can count them on like maybe one or two hands. So I, I think that will help, obviously, uh, unlock a lot of value too. Good. Well, well, go get them. The, the, the world hasn't um, sat up and saluted yet, but um, uh, um, maybe one of the <laughs> – any day now. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't help when gold's down 25 bucks today. But, uh, you know, the, the, the reality is is that um, – this is a we're going to unlock this value over the next kind of two years uh the train's leaving the station and and you know as a management team we just put our heads down and do the proper systematic scientific work um and be really transparent about it and, and eventually the, the market will will reward you for that you know if we had to look at our day-to-day -day share price uh i probably wouldn't even have any hair left and um <laughs> Um, and um, when when might you have to come back to raise more capital? Is it sometime in 2024? Yeah, it'll be in, in a Q, Q, Q1 of 24. Good. Well, um, good luck until then. Um, Jason, really nice talking to you. Yeah, you as well, Marilyn.